Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we will hear your word, Father. And we want to learn. We want to grow. We don't want to be immature, baby Christians forever, Lord. We want to be strong and be effective for the kingdom of God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I know the heart of the Lord that he loves all of you so much. And he not only wants to save you from sins and from hell and from curses and bondages, but he also wants you to grow up to become strong Christians. And when you become stronger, you can help other people. You are blessed so that you can bless others. My goal in this church is not to keep you baby forever. That's why my preaching is quite strong. I don't want to just tickle your ear, something for fun, but I want you to change, to transform, to become more like Jesus Christ. And the teaching today, I think, is one of the very important key to mature in Christ Jesus. We're going to continue the series, Rejoice Always. I have not done with the series yet, so I switch a little bit from protection to Rejoice Always. And please listen to this teaching carefully. And I want to encourage all of you that you should be serious. When I say serious, mean you mean it. You really want to do it. To really walk according to the Word of God. Don't be just listener or hearer of the Word. But when you hear something from the Word, you put into practice and you walk according to the Word. I'm that type of Christian all the days of my life since i become a believer. I'm really serious in following what the Bible says. I don't want to be goofy or want to be just lukewarm Christians. I want to be real disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can show me a person who is strong, I can show you that he is so full of joy. If you show me Somebody who is full of joy. I can show you that that person is very strong. Because the Bible said the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want to be a strong person, you need to live a life of joy. In the book of Nehemiah, the children of Israel had backslidden. They had walked away from God. And in the leadership under the leadership of Nehemiah, they came back together and they listened to the word of God for many hours in one day. After they heard the word of God, they realized that how far they had walked away from God. And the Bible says, because they realized that they were backsliding, they repented and they began to weep and mourn and cry. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9, the Bible says, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. 
Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They heard the word of God and they realized that they were sinning against God. In verse 10, then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Do not sorrow. For, why? Why we should not sorrow? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says, do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many people want to be strong? How many people want to be victorious? If you want to fight a warfare and you're weak, you're going to be defeated. You need to be very strong. That's why the Bible says, don't sorrow, don't mourn, don't cry. And the Bible talks about the sorrow of the flesh or the sorrow of the world. We have two kinds of sorrow. Godly sorrow. When you sin against God and you repent inside your heart and you feel sorrow, you have sorrow inside your heart that you offend God. That will be a good godly sorrow. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. When we know that we sin against God and we know that we offend God, and we feel sorry inside us, we say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. And that repentance will lead us to salvation. Salvation, it doesn't mean only not to go to hell and go to heaven. Salvation of your finances, salvation of your health, salvation of your family, salvation from being cheated by people, salvation of every kind in our life if we learn how to repent. Not to be regretted, After God saved you, you don't have to regret anymore. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Two kinds of sorrow. Godly sorrow and the worldly sorrow. Or we call depression. Some people try to argue with me. Oh, depression is just a psychological disease. They need psychologists. No. Depression is a spiritual problem. I don't believe that we need to stay in sorrow. Yes, the doctors say depression is a disease, but actually depression is a sin because you don't have faith in God. Ungodly, worldly sorrow drains you. It drains your energy. It drains your health. It drains your life, your hope, your faith. It works death inside you. It weakens you. It makes you weak and sick and die soon. That's why the Bible says, don't have the worldly sorrow. But on the opposite way, the joy of the Lord works life. Give us strength. It quickens us. Give life to us. Strengthen us. It's this life force. It makes us strong. Actually, the medical field already have research about the joy. When you have joy, the medical research find out that your growth hormone comes out from your pituitary gland more. That's why you look younger, you're stronger, you look healthier 
because the growth hormone comes out. Not only that, the medical field find out that the joy will produce more, will make your immune system stronger, so that you will not get sick easily. Pastor Dan and I rarely get sick because we have the joy of, of the Lord on the inside of us. Even the medical field find out that the joy of the Lord gives you life. Joy, we talk about joy here. We are not talking about psychological state or prep talk to make you laugh. No. We talk about the joy that we hook up to the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. As a human being, we are not only the body and the mind, but we are body, mind, and spirit. There is the real spirit on the inside of us. Actually, we are spirit. After we pass this world, our body will go back to the dust, and our spirit will go to heaven. We are a spirit, which is live in the body here. And the Holy Spirit is real as well. Thank God, after we received Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Lord came in and dwelled inside our spirit. And He is the Spirit of life. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead and quickens our body. That's why you have to make a choice. You're going to live a life that hook up to the Holy Spirit, or we call spiritual Christian. Or you're going to live a life that you depend on your mind and your body, and the Bible uses the word carnal Christians. Two kinds of Christian. Carnal Christians, Christians who always are led, controlled, ruled, dominated by the flesh, by the feelings, by the emotions, by the mind. Or you're going to be spiritual Christians who are led, controlled, and helped by the Spirit of the living God. This world, people in this world, I hope not members of New Hope International Church, people in this world are walking according to the flesh. They are controlled by their feelings. That's why you see depression and grief and pain and hopelessness everywhere around you. Because people are so controlled by their flesh. In fact, sorrow is a bad witness. If you want to be a good witness for Christ, you should not live a depressed life. People look at you and say, wow, Christian is so depressed. I don't want to be a Christian. Some of us are very controlled by emotion. Sometimes I talk to some members, and that member come and talk to me and smile. And I say one wrong sentence that offend that person. I can see right away the face change like this. They're controlled by the outside thing, controlled by words people say, by the outside thing, by the carnality, by the flesh of their life. They are not controlled by the spirit. I don't want to be a bad witness. I want to be a good witness for the Lord. How about you? If you want to be a good witness, you need to walk like Christ. You should be anointed by the oil of joy. You should be happy, smiling, and always rejoice in the Lord your God all the time. When I say like this, 
Oh, brother and sister, don't cry, don't mourn, don't weep, don't be sad. Many of you will say, Pastor, are you kidding me? You are not in my condition. You are not facing problem like me. I cannot help. I need to cry. I need to be depressed. And they cry more. They want to show that yes, I am in trouble right now. I need to cry even more. I don't believe I can help myself to be joyful. You don't understand my situation right now. I'm in a bad situation. I need to cry and mourn and weep and get mad and be hopeless. Many Christians believe that they cannot be joyful in the midst of the problem, and they keep their eyes on the things that happen around them. Keep their eyes on the problem. Keep their eyes on the offense that people come against them, because they just keep their eyes on the things here, and they believe that if you are in that situation, you will never be able to smile. You will cry and weep and put yourself under the blanket, and you will be very sad. Let's look at what the Bible says. Philippians chapter four, verse four: Rejoice in the Lord. Sometime. Rejoice in the Lord when the sunshine come out. Rejoice in the Lord. Only when you get a paycheck. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I think the Apostle Paul, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, knows how we're going to respond when he say that. What? Really? Always? He say again. I will say, rejoice. He say again. I will say, rejoice. I read from the Bible in basic English. Be glad in the Lord at all times. Again, I say, be glad. Let's look at another one. The Holy Spirit speaking to us. First Thessalonians chapter five verse sixteen. Rejoice always. Is this the command? Is this the option? If the Lord Jesus walk into this room right now, stand in front of you, and He looks at your eyes, maybe I look at somebody here who don't smile that much. <laughs> rejoice always. He stand in front of you and telling you, rejoice always. What is your response? Jesus, are you kidding me? I'm not happy right now. I'm not going to obey your commandment. The Lord command: rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice always. When God tells us to rejoice, what it means? It means it's our choice. Our life are full of choices. And we can either choose to rejoice or choose to be depressed. We can choose to have faith or we choose not to have faith. It's our choice. And believe me, if the Lord had known that we could not rejoice always, He would not say this sentence. He said this sentence: "Rejoice always." He knows you can do it. 
Can you imagine? Sometimes you're quarreling with your wife in the car. <laughs> with your wife in the car, and you get out of the door of the car and you walk and you see your manager, and he is the one gonna give you a raise, and you hi. <laughs> just in the car a few minutes ago, you just ah, I want to kill you or something with your wife. But when you stand in front of a person who can give you a raise, you hi. It means it's a choice. You can change. You can make a choice. Don't tell me you cannot do it. You can do it. Don't say to God, "I cannot rejoice." You can. It's your choice. Amen. And you can rejoice all the time. If you cannot, he would not tell you to do that. He know you can do it. What is the characteristic of the carnal Christians? What is the characteristic of the baby Christian or immature Christian? Immature Christians are feeling dominated, feeling rude, feeling led. It's a parable picture between. Immature baby Christian and a baby. How many people raised baby in the past? How many people had baby? What happened to babies? Babies are led by feelings. Even at 2 a.m., when a baby is not happy, will she care about you want to sleep? Even you are doing something on the computer, your work so important work, and the baby is hungry. And have a bad feeling right now. Will the baby interrupt you from that work? Yes. The baby will ha, cry, yell, and make make noise so that she or he can get your attention. Babies are really depending on feeling alone, no self control. Yes, when the baby grow up a little bit more to be three years old, four years old, five years old, that will be less and less. But still, if you look at all the kids, they all feeling control. I have a video from my daughter, of our granddaughter, Nora. She cried when she was five years old. Oh, why you cry? The mom asked. I miss grandma. And cry and cry. Little children are controlled by feeling, and then when you grow up to teenager, you're a little bit changed, less emotion. But still, I feel good today. I don't feel good today. It's all about feelings. That is immaturity. Is that right? You should not be feeling conscious. You should be spirit conscious. You should follow the Holy Spirit. Make a decision to obey the Holy Spirit and obey the Word of God. If you talk to some teenagers, I feel good today. I don't feel good yesterday. That is being carnal, being immature, not mature. Don't act like babies. Don't act like little children. You need to be self-controlled. You need to make a decision. I choose to rejoice, no matter what happened. 
I will rejoice. It's a choice. Amen? Do you know that a lot of things you do are not right, even though it seems right? Many things that you believe are wrong, not right. So we need to believe in the right thing. And we need to do the right thing, no matter what our feelings say, say to us. We must make a choice to have faith and to rejoice in the Lord. We need to learn to discern that this is feeling and this is the real thing. The right thing and the feeling. We need to discern this is my flesh and this is the spiritual thing. We have to be able to differentiate them and stop the feeling, stop the emotion. And you go with the decision. I will rejoice in the Lord always. We are not talking about simple thing here. We are talking about life and death here. Listen carefully. If you rejoice all the time, you'll be strong. You can have good job. Your boss will love you. You get promotion. You're full of wisdom. Your family will be happy. You'll be strong. You will be victorious. Everywhere you go, you shall be the blessing to other people. But if you are depressed, weep and cry all the time, you shall be weak, you shall be defeated, and you shall not be successful. We're talking about a big deal here. You're going to be successful and live a long life, healthy, or you're going to be weak, defeated, and fail. Which one are you going to choose? I choose the first one. I want to be victorious. I want to be strong spiritually. Rejoicing is a choice. Everyone say rejoicing. It's a choice. We can choose to rejoice in the middle of crying. We can choose to rejoice in the middle of feeling terrible on the inside of us because we see something bad happen. We can choose to rejoice in the middle of the very bad situation. And we still say, I rejoice in the Lord. We are not rejoicing in the condition or in the problem. We are rejoicing in the Lord. What does it mean, rejoicing in the Lord? It means that I make a decision, I'm going to be spiritually strong Christian. I will overcome this problem. I will be strong, and I will keep my eyes on the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is my answer. So I'm going to receive a miracle from Him in the name of Jesus. When you rejoice, it means you have faith that He can resolve the problem for you. And you're ready to get a miracle. Faith brings joy. Doubt brings sadness. If you are sad, it means you don't have faith. And you will not get the answer from God. And you will not see the miracle. But when you have faith and you rejoice, you're going to see a miracle. You are getting God into your life to be involved with you. When you have faith. When you rejoice, God come in. Get involved with my life. But when you are doubtful and you're sad, you kick God out right away. And God cannot help you. Because you receive everything from God by faith. Faith and joy are together. When people have faith, they have joy. You choose to have joy, you choose to have faith, or you can choose to be depressed and to be in doubt. Amen? You can rejoice 
completely, independent on any situation around you, you can still rejoice because you keep your eyes on the Lord. You don't look at the surrounding situation. You are not walk by sight. You are walking by faith. When we are spiritual, we keep our hearts on the spirit on the inside of us, and we are not walking by sight, by feeling, by the surrounding circumstance. Our f- believing depends on who God is, not the surrounding. Not the medical report. Our believing depends on who He is, His promises, what He has done. Not only to you, but the children of Israel in the Bible or people in the Bible. What He can do. You keep your faith and expectation on the Lord. You keep your eyes on Him. You keep looking at Him, not looking at the situation. I want to really train all of you from now on. In your daily walk, don't look at the surrounding. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He's a good God. In the middle of the bad situation, you can rejoice because God is good. God is faithful. He's full of grace. He's powerful. Nothing is too hard for Him. Even the whole world say that. Oh, you need to be depressed. You say, "No, I'm not going to be depressed. I have God in me. I'm going to keep looking at God." I understand that some Christians are immature, still young in the Lord. They need to grow up more, and that's my prayer that you all will grow up and become strong in your faith, and you keep looking at God. Let's look at Matthew chapter five, verses ten to twelve. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. I'm going to give you one example here, and we'll continue next Sunday. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Wow. How many people like to have people talk bad about you? No one like it. You know why? Because we all in the flesh we like people to like us. We don't want to have people hate us. But the Bible say people will talk bad about us, persecute us, but rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. Where are our eyes? Look at rewards in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets. Who were before us? I want to tell you the truth of life. Please don't live in the dream world. You gonna be hated by somebody. If you think that the whole world gonna love you, you are living in the dream world. I know some people in Thailand really hate me. I know. They say bad things about me. Thank God, I rejoice. I rejoice and be exceedingly glad. It's normal that somebody's gonna hate you, somebody's gonna talk bad about you, persecute you, give you names, call you names, all the stuff. Don't worry; it's a part of your life. In Luke chapter twenty-one, verse seventeen, 
all men <laughs> will hate you because of me. Jesus warned us that some people will hate us because they hate him. Some people hate me because they hate the Holy Spirit. Some churches really against the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? When I talk about, for example, I say that baptized with fire. And they wrote an article against me right away in Thailand. That fire is hell. So people will be in hell. They say, why well, is the Bible that baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire? And they say that fire is hell. No, that is the fire of God from the throne of God. But they try to talk against me. That's all. Okay. Whatever you want to believe. I want to believe in the Bible. Amen? We should not be shocked and surprised when somebody says bad things about us, falsely accuses us, lied about us, or persecutes us, or give us a hard time. We should not be surprised. We should not be shaken. We should what? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? Because the Lord is happy with us. Because we have great rewards in heaven. Because we are doing the right thing. That's why they hate us. I tell you, if all the ungodly people like you, it means you are not living a, a, a godly life. When you live a godly life, some ungodly people are going to hate you. That's normal. So don't be surprised. Amen? Brothers and sisters, don't stay depressed. Don't stay in sadness. Because sadness is going to hurt your body to the core. It's going to make you sick and die soon. Rejoice always. Sometimes you may not feel like rejoicing when somebody smears your name, talk bad about you, lied on you. But instead of having depression in the inside and sadness, you should rejoice. Choose to rejoice. Everyone say, I choose to rejoice. When somebody talks bad about you because you love the Lord, don't meditate on what they say. You should meditate on why they say it. Why? Because you love Jesus. Because you speak the truth. Because they could, you're going to have rewards in heaven. And they persecuted Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Paul, and Peter. Wow, I rejoice. I'm in, in a good company. I'm in the same company as Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Paul, and Peter, and Jesus. Wow, and my rewards are full in heaven. I'm going to have a big mansion in heaven. God will take care of me. I keep my eyes on the things above, on Jesus, on those servants of God who were persecuted like me. I keep my eyes on the rewards above. I'm so glad I do His will, and He's pleased with me. He is on my side. He's going to pay back for me. He's a God of restoration. I like the word pay back more than restoration. Amen? Do you know that God is a God of payback? God's going to pay you back. People persecute you. He's going to pay you back. We choose to look at God. We choose to look at the rewards in heaven. We choose to look at how He's mind to us. God smile at us. I'm happy. We choose 
to look at those people in the same company: Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, David, Peter, and Paul. I am in the same company. But the problem is, is we as a human being, immature Christian, we keep pondering, replaying, meditating, thinking, and talking about what they talk about us, how people hurt us, people say bad things about us, and we keep replaying that movie in our mind, and we keep talking about it. And what happened is rise up in our flesh, and we become hopeless, depressed, sad, weak, sick, and we lose strength, and we become defeated. We become angry, bitter. We lose all the hope, and that will cause damage to your marriage. It will cause damage to your family relationship. Cause damage to your workplace because you look unhappy at work, and your boss think that you don't like the job. He will fire you, and will cause damage to your physical body. Don't meditate on the negative things. Don't keep thinking about other people's problem. Don't keep thinking about how they talk bad about you. You should rejoice and keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep looking at the reward, looking at the company you are in, looking at the promises of God, looking at the glory you're going to have in heaven. One day we're going to have a new glorious body, and we're going to have different level of glory. I hope I have the glory, the level of the sun, very shining. If I live for God, keep looking at the things of heaven. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let the devil manipulate you to keep thinking about negative thing. He's gonna keep talking to you. Remember that day. Remember this happened twenty years ago. Remember that happened one hundred years ago before even you were born against you. Keep thinking about negative thing, and if you let him manipulate you and follow him and keep thinking about negative, you're gonna lose your joy. You're gonna lose your smile. Lose your hope, and you become weak and sick, and you're going to be defeated. Everyone say, "I will not let anybody, let anything steal my joy. I'm going to rejoice always. I will not meditate on the bad things. I'm going to meditate on the rewards I will have." The promises of God, the greatness of God. I will keep my eyes on the things above. We must make up our mind. I will rejoice forever, all the time. Look at what Jesus said. Luke chapter ten, verse twenty. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirit, mean evil spirit, are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I learned from this scripture two things. Let me share with you. Number one, what Jesus say is this. Number one, you can choose to rejoice or you can choose to be depressed. Number two, actually three things. Number one, you choose to rejoice or you choose to be depressed. It's your choice. God cannot force you. 
Two, you can choose to rejoice in certain things or choose to rejoice in other things. What makes you rejoice? I give you an example myself. I lay hand on 3,000 people in Thailand. Demons come out from people. People get touched. Oh, wow. It's amazing. People get touched by God. People get saved. Hundreds of people walk out. But you know, when I come back to the church here, come back home, I don't rejoice in those things at all. I thank God that they come to be touched. I don't rejoice that my hand can lay on people and the power of God hit them. No. I rejoice that I am doing the work of God, what He called me to do. And my rewards are in heaven. I keep my eyes on Him, not on the thing around me. That will keep me pure, have the right motive in doing the ministry. Not for reputation, not for money, not for fame. I don't rejoice in fame and reputation. I rejoice that I doing what you call me to do. And you smile at me. I choose to rejoice in the right thing. To keep my path with God to the end. Please don't follow your feelings. Please don't do like immature Christian that go by the circumstances. If you are Following your feelings and circumstances, you will be like a baby, up and down, lower coaster. One day, oh, everything looks so good. I feel good. Oh, today everything looks bad. I feel bad. Today everything feel, is better. I feel better. Oh, today everything feels worse. Look worse. I feel worse. Today everything is wonderful. I feel wonderful. Today everything awful, bad. I feel awful. That is immature Christian. You go up and down by the circumstances around you. Whatever you see, whatever you observe, you just go up and down with that feeling with the surrounding circumstance. But a mature Christian will stay in joy. No matter what happens, your eyes are on the Lord. No matter what happened, your eyes are on the promises of God, on the rewards that God has prepared for you. Rejoice always. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone say, it's a choice. choice. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Before I finish the sermon, let me share with you something quickly. We need to be careful about listening and talking. Listen carefully. You need to learn from the Lord how to cut people off. If you come to me and say, Pastor, I have this problem in my family. This happened to me. My husband do this to me. My kids, blah, 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 blah. You share with me. And they say, oh, thank you. I will pray for you. I believe God is going to resolve this problem for you. And you keep talking again. The same thing, second time, third time, fourth time. I will say, could you please stop talking? I already know. I don't need to hear the second time. I don't need to hear the third time, fourth time. Because you are getting me into the loop of defeat and depression with you. Whatever you hear can drag you in. So learn how to cut people talk. 
If people keep talking about defeat, problems, failure, and depression, and doubt, and problem, and problem, and problem, you have to stop. Don't listen. Because they're going to drag you in into their pit of depression. You have to stop. And the same thing when you talk to God, you have a problem in your family, a problem with your job. Don't tell God 100 times about your problem. God, my boss abused me. God. He will say to you, you know, son, I know about this before you tell me. Don't keep talking about it. Tell me one time is enough. And the rest, what? Talking about the promise of God. Talking about how great God is. Talking about nothing is impossible with God. Talking about God, you are my answer. Don't keep talking about the problem. Because if you keep talking, you drag yourself into depression. You drag yourself into defeat. You get bombarded by the problem. And you magnify them so much that you're going to be defeated. Talk about God. Problem, one-time deal, done. And don't talk about it anymore. Is it clear? If you keep talking about the problem, you're going to go downhill more and more, and you're going to be in the loop of defeat, depression, doubt, and problems. Get out from there. Amen? But even I say this, believe me, when you go home today, your flesh is going to talk to you. Oh, that problem, remember? Call your pastor again and explain to him. We deal with thoughts, feelings, suggestions, and concern all the time. We need to learn to be spiritually strong, mature Christian. Cut them off. Don't talk about that. Throw them out. Shut them up. And cast them out from your life. Don't talk about problem. Talk about God. Talk about his promises. Talk about his greatness. Talk about how good he is. Talk about nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Don't talk about problem. How can I tell how well you manage or you deal with the problems in your life? How can I tell? By seeing the level of your joy and the level of your peace. How can I say that you are a strong Christian? By seeing how much joy you have. How much faith and hope you have. People can have all the Bible knowledge. But if you look at their face and their, the way they behave, and they're so depressed, it means they're not strong. Joy is a sign of strength and faith. Sometimes you may laugh out loud, like a while ago I was laughing because I was thinking about the goodness of God. I cannot help, I laugh. But sometimes joy can happen at 2 a.m. when you wake up and your wife's still sleeping there and she cannot wake up with you. So you don't ha like this, your wife's going to be mad at you. <laughs> so you still joy, you still smile and have joy quietly inside you without having a laughter at 2 a.m. in the morning. Joy is a spiritual condition. It's a decision. You think about God is my healer. God is my provider. God is my protector. God is my help. 
I'm gonna end this sermon by reading all this scripture to help you to meditate on the right thing. Psalm, and then I will finish. Psalm 91 verse 16. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Everyone say, I'm going to have a long life. I will not die soon. Cancer cannot touch me. ALS cannot touch me. You wonder what is ALS. Glioblastoma multiforme cannot touch me. ALS come from amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, a disease of the spinal cord that caused people to be polarized and could not breathe and die soon. ALS. Jeremiah 32 verse 17, The Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Everyone say, nothing is too difficult for my God. Genesis 18, 13 to 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is there anything difficult for the Lord? No. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. Luke chapter 18 verse 27. But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Don't stay depressed. Rejoice. Psalm 16 verse 11. You will show me the path of life. When you have faith, he will show you what to do in that bad situation. And you can get out from that. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Last one. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. How many people is the righteous people here? Are you the just? Are you the righteous? You that shine like the sun. You are not defeated fool. You are the son of the living God. You are the child of the almighty God. He breathed life into you. He has favor for you. You're going to shine. You're not defeated fool. Okay? That shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Everyone do like this. I shine brighter. I shine brighter. Meditate on these things. Don't look at the problem. The problem is piece of cake for God. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, piece of cake. cake. The first time I got touched by the joy of the Lord and I laughed. That was in 1997. I got touched by the joy first time in my life. When I was on the floor laughing, I saw God as a big God on the throne. And he looked at the problem on the world and he laughed. <laughs> and he talked to me. You know, son, all the problems in the world are the piece of cake for me. Easy. Like this. Just snap his finger. Done. That's why joy is about faith. 
When you laugh in the middle of the problems, you say, "God, this is a piece of cake. You can perform miracle. You can change things around for me. You can give me the supernatural breakthrough. I will have victory in this situation. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm not going to give up." Amen. That's why I say the sermon today is the key to your life: victory. Everyone say, "I choose." To rejoice, always. I say again, rejoice. I choose faith. I choose joy. I choose hope. I choose strength. I choose victory. I choose my God. I choose rewards in heaven. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Ha ha ha! Ho ho ho! <laughs> Hallelujah! Chinese laughter. <laughs> Mainland Chinese laughter. <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for speaking to us through this sermon, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be baby Christians. We don't want to be little kids in the maturity level. We want to be strong, mature Christians who walk by the Spirit, who make the right choice, who are not led, dominated, ruled, guided by feelings, by circumstances, by sight. By what people say, what people don't say, what people do, what people don't do to us, Lord, we are led by you, by the Spirit. We want to be strong Christians. Help us, Lord. We make a choice to rejoice, and you help us by your Holy Spirit to rejoice always. And we're gonna be healthy, strong. Fruitful, blessed, and we can be the blessing to our family members, our children, grandchildren, brother and sister in the church, people around us, Lord, because we're so full of strength, faith, joy, and blessing, favor, and grace, Father. Thank you, Lord. We receive this teaching, and we're gonna do it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today we have lunch, so please stay and fellowship with one another. You know, I, I told people around the world, in the Christian life there are three important parts, and all of them has to be very strong. Number one, the word. We need to know the word. Two. The Spirit. We need to welcome the fullness of the Spirit in our life. Three fellowship. Fellowship, godly fellowship, will help us to stand to the end. That's why our church have care groups that people can come fellowship. That's why we have lunch once a month so that we can fellowship. This is not about eating; it's about fellowship. 
that we can spend time together, get to know one another. You can be encouraged. You can pray for somebody. You can encourage somebody, and they can encourage you. Fellowship is the way of God to make you strong. Amen. The purpose of the lunch is for fellowship. So if you don't have anything to do, no commitment, please stay for fellowship. Amen. God bless you. Have a good lunch and fellowship together. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Bye.